Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with a spring break edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? You know, Matt, uh, we're adults now. We don't really get spring break, but we still have to call it spring break since uh, the Longhorns are on. Very true. We do break. cover college, so we, are, we stay aligned with those school schedules. My wife's a teacher, so she does actually have a job where she gets spring break. So, Makes sense. Yeah. That nice. that and the spring practice schedule is the only way I would even know it's still. It's a beautiful thing, being grown and getting a spring break, spring break. Yeah. Pretty cool. But then I see the stuff like she that. has to deal with. Yeah, know, it's tough. For the, that, that time during <laughs> the school day. and it's, uh, Especially when you get in that administrative role. Yeah. 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 Administrating <laughs> middle schoolers, yeah, that yeah. would be a little tough. More money, more problems. You definitely, uh, well, just, let's just say more problems. How about that? <laughs> Some money, more problems. <laughs> there you go. That's more responsibility. A, uh, a man who knows <laughs> all about more money, more problems. Uh, he is a renaissance man, not just here on the Blitz, but at the Austin Radio Network and on the horn where you can hear him each and every weekday on the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres where he earned his degree whenever he gets that T-ring in. He will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member, a black card member of DBU, like number 21 in your program, but number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And, uh, gentlemen, let's just start out by letting me apologize to everybody, uh, all our listeners out there. If last week's show seemed off, I apologize, because I told you guys before we did the show I wasn't feeling well. Public apology? By wow. the, I'm just saying if Serious. it was off, I mean, I know I don't sound that great anyway, but I struggled through last week's show. By the time I got home, guys, I was like... The fever and the chills and the whole deal. I you, text I knew you. you were sick. That's I true. text you guys, but look, I know we didn't shake hands, yeah. but just in case, <laughs> like, oh yeah, I came into contact with you guys. Make sure you take you know some extra vitamin C or some airborne or whatever you do. Um, I had the fever and the whole. So you, the was whole the deal. flu? Did you die? You self diagnosed? No, I mean, I did, the flu. My fever would it would like come back. It would come and then go away and then come back and go away. Flashes. Probably by it's a weird bug. I would say probably by like <laughs> yeah. mid afternoon Friday. I felt good. Yeah. So it was probably like pretty much from like Tuesday through like Thursday night. Yeah. See, I mean, my girl's got it right now. Like she, it hit her like a ton of bricks mm-hmm. like two days ago. She was done. She had to skip work yesterday. I wouldn't say it's full on it flu, me. but it's uh, yeah. From between you and her, I'm I'm expecting to get it. I'm expecting any day to right. just or get maybe you're just one by of them. the virus. But I, I like I like my immune system being tested. Yeah. I can think that I'm Wolverine at times, so I can I can like avoid some of this stuff. And you I might have been the shot. carrier though. Have you you may have. I did not know. Okay, did you have a flu shot? No. Matt? I might be the carrier, you say so. No, like, like yeah, <laughs> but if you're so immune, you can carry it. You can be like the the person that's the bridge between the two. Could be, but I don't know. I that don't would, get sick very often, but you know. it would make sense if you were the carrier. Yeah, I, and I, I pride myself on not being like taken out by the flu, like not me being too. Missing work and bedridden because of it. So yeah, well, I don't know the last time I was like bedridden. And, I did one time, the only time I was ever sent home from that last radio station. Oh, yeah. My Danny sent me home from doing that. Yeah. And Ellie, yeah. They were like, get out of here. (laughs) Get get, get the hell home before you get us sick. Before that was middle school. Yeah. Because you could just get, I mean, for a big company, you can get everybody. They were right. I had strep throat. Yeah, no clue. the studio, as I like to say, that smelled like farts and coffee. By the yeah. time we, uh, but you know, no, by right. the time we were no longer allowed on the premises, <laughs> <laughs> but nobody's sick though, so it obviously you it worked whatever yeah. you did to make sure and it only stayed. It make sure the, the the illness was only. Apparently, it's one your... of those deals that's been going around. It lasts <laughs> like three days, and then you're you're good. Yeah. And then you're. Yeah. A, 
pretty good trooper too because honestly, like I didn't notice any deterioration in I the show so or either. when yeah, I, I did my did the syndicated version, listening back and cutting it up, sound like a normal well, show. That is testament to your strength. Well done. There you go, man. Way to suck it up. No, yeah, not to make myself a zombie his way through the show word or something. But yeah, you faked it till you made it, man. That flu-like stuff, whatever it is, it's it's called muscle memory, I believe, is what we call it in the football realm. Yeah, man, I don't really remember anything, but you know, man, you had a PBU, really. Hey, man, muscle memory. <laughs> uh, speaking of PBUs, Rod, let's go ahead and uh, look. I want to look at NFL free agency real quick. And, man, DBU is alive and well because if you look at the yeah. re-signings this offseason, let's throw in the extension Quandre Diggs got in September, which mm-hmm. he was, I think, going to come free or I think might have been restricted. Uh, he went ahead and re-upped with the yeah, Lions in September. Yeah, they wanted to get that done quickly. Uh, Matt Ad- Patricia really liked Quandra. Adrian Phillips too. re-ups with the Chargers. Earl Thomas signs a huge deal with the Ravens. Kenny Vaccaro re-ups, gets him a nice little payday, $26 million, 11 and a half guaranteed. But he said he was surprised by it, by the way. He said he was expecting a one-year deal for about $12 million, And then he said his Ravens came in, and he, he admitted, like, like that was a holy Chicago move. Like, what? Well, I didn't expect that. And see, what's funny about that is it, what was perceived during the time whenever he signed the one-year deal was almost that he was betting on himself, knowing that you had some uh, year coming up where you could go and if put your t- put a good piece of year season out on tape, the one year yeah. they make deal, big yeah. money. Yeah. So, Kenny Vaccaro turns a one-year prove-it deal into a multi-year deal at the Titans. But, Rod, the point is, if you look at those four contracts, and I know, like, guaranteed money and total money, nobody ever sees the total money on an NFL contract. Yeah. But if you look at, unless you're Mike Trout. If you look <laughs> at the total, which, yeah, yeah, I just saw that come down. All 83 yeah. players in baseball yeah. that are paid at, more than Aaron Rodgers. You look yeah. at those four deals, Rod, for Texas DBs, for DBU members, and the total value of those contracts could be upwards of about $120 million in those four contracts. That's yeah. awesome. DBU is alive and well, man. No, it's uh, – well, I think – and it's a lot at play there. For everybody make their money different ways, though, because, you know, Earl Thomas's money, Earl Thomas is different from a Kenny Vaccaro and different from a Quandre. He makes his money as – the biggest difference maker, arguably, in the NFL as a defender right. on the back end. A guy that can just change the game and even win a game for you because of his instincts. He's a ball hawk. He's truly a kind of a five-tool safety. And we'll see how the Ravens utilize him, but I assume they're going to use him just like the Seahawks did. But they could use him differently. The, the way Ravens, they used Eric Weddle this year. Yeah, the Ravens secondary is going to be really good, by the way. I mean, they got Jimmy Smith mm-hmm. on one corner. I think they got Marlon Humphrey on the other. Tavon Young, good, good nickels, slot corner. And they also got Tony Jefferson, I yes. believe, is their other safety that's going to be teamed up with him. So that's why he made his money. And that, he's, a, he's a walking Hall of Famer, so you know that's why he makes his money. And at 30 years old, which he'll be when the season starts, go look at all the great safeties, some of whom have played with the Ravens. You've the done Rod, the, I like you've done the yeah, research on the this. The Rod Woodsons and, you know, Eric, even Eric Weddle is another great yeah. example. All right, Ed Reed, after 30 years old, if you got a Hall of Fame safety and you know he's a Hall of Fame safety – most of those guys have great careers, three to four really good years, prime years, even after they turn 30. So he's going to be really good. And I, I wish the Cowboys could have got him in. They basically, they don't know what team offered him one year, $12 million. Because hmm. some team offered him one year, $12 million. He thought that was his best deal. But then the Ravens obviously made a bigger offer, more guaranteed money, longer years. I hope, I pray that it was the Cowboys. Hmm. I think it was the Browns. It could be the Browns. I think I'm it was like, the Browns. I'm like, man, one year. Because the Cowboys could have swung that. He could have yeah. swung a one-year, $12 million rental pretty much for him. But, yeah, I mean, anything else would have been really tough for them to do. As a Cowboys fan, but the, everything I read was Jerry Jones had his number. They had, like, had his number. They were locked in at And something. unless they were going to meet in the middle somewhere, that just, just wasn't going to happen. Um, but Kenny Vaccaro, he makes his money differently. And we you always talk about that Tavon Austin game, speaking of right. the Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, where Texas plays West Virginia. And they spin Kenny Vaccaro down as the nickel. And he gets to play man-to-man on the most versatile player, arguably, in college football at mm-hmm. the time. And that's all NFL scouts need to see about his versatility. So I think he, that's why he makes, uh, makes a lot of money. And that's why his value – is increasing because I think that's where the game is going. It's kind of where Kenny Vaccaro's game is. Mm-hmm. He's a five-tool safety, no doubt. You can play him in the box. You can play man-to-man. He can play zone. Uh, you can back him up as a middle field safety or back in the two deep. And then you have Adrian can, Phillips. Can it, real quick before you get to Adrian Phillips, can I read you this interesting Kenny Vaccaro stat? This is coming yeah. from uh, Alan Bell, who's our uh, NFL managing editor at 24-7 Sports. 
Uh, these are players with eight sa- eight plus sacks and eight interceptions in the last five years in the I NFL. Like There's yeah. only four guys that have Ooh. done it. Oh, hold on. I got to get- write this down. I'm a DB. I got to have this. is good. Okay, so go. this is play- NFL defenders in the last five years with eight plus sacks and at least eight interceptions. Harrison Smith, okay. Luke Keekley, okay. CJ Mosley, Kenny Vaccaro. So two linebackers, the best yeah. safety. Yeah. That says it right he's there. basically Honey Badger light for you. Yeah, you but know what bigger. I mean? uh, except he's bigger and a little bit more physical. You know what I mean? But in terms of what he can do for you and the outer ways you can utilize him, I totally agree. I remember now, when he exploded onto the radar was when he was covering Keenan Allen in the slot the year before the Tavon Austin game. But, like, it's something that he's had that skill set that ever since. He doesn't panic. I mean, think about right now the slot position, the slot wide receiver position is increasing in value on the field. At every level of football, even here with the Longhorns, right? After the little Jordan Humphrey thing, they want Bruce McCoy to settle in there. They'd like Jake Smith to settle in there. I mean, you want prime talent there. It's just easier to create separation in that position. At the NFL level, a little bit different. What the NFL has decided to do with the slot is, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll put our primary receiver in there every now and then to get a matchup. But whoever our uh, that receiver is who's really savvy, who has a great chemistry and connection with our quarterback – We'll put him in a slot, and we'll give him a two-way go, and he can keep create you know separation easier and be able to manipulate space. That's why Julian Edelman, not the best athlete at the wide receiver position for the for the Patriots, but nope. he's perfect for that slot role. Same thing with a Cole Beasley. Same thing with a Cooper Cup. You know what I mean? Same thing. I mean, it goes. I mean, that you can go down the line for that. Even Lil Jordan Humphrey for the uh, what we're finding out. Not a great athlete necessarily. Right. <laughs> not no. a freakish athlete. But it makes but total really sense. Good football this chemistry that you put in the slot right there. And the main thing that it can manipulate is when the defense wins. Because right now you're trying to get a pass rush. And we've already seen, you know, just like the idea that you have QB and a shotgun to extend the run game with these screens. But whenever you still have to go and execute and say they the defense wins, gets to your quarterback before expected, it's best to have that player with the best chemistry be the closest to the quarterback because within those first two seconds you can still beat it even if the defense beats you you can beat that defense because you have that best receiver or best receiver connection closest to the quarterback makes it more comfortable to be able to be reliable to throw the ball to that spot that it's supposed to be even though I'm in the chaos or under duress and I will say even to that point I think the receivers in the slot now I don't even sometimes they're not even running routes man they're just looking it it, it really is kind of a get open (laughs) philosophy especially like Julian Edelman and when they get really good, I mean, Julian Edelman and Tom Brady probably have it the best way. Head on the swivel. Edelman's just getting open. He's not really even So we've gone beyond option routes to just, just, just get finding the space. It's find like, the seam in the zone. I mean, yeah. it's what Shipley find did in 08. Cole Beasley did it really well with yeah. uh, with Dak Prescott. Shipley and Colt did it so Shipley great over the Colt middle of the field. Really they were well. one of the first um, ones to ever so do it. So then that goes to Quandre Diggs. So Quandre Diggs is a guy we all know naturally a corner. Oh, not naturally. He's a, naturally, he's a football player. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we decided to put him at corner here. At Texas, and he also was able to play the nickel here at Texas. But don't forget, Coach Aquino always said, I was thinking about putting Quandre at safety if we need him to play safety. Mm-hmm. All right. If we needed him to do that, we could do that. So, what you have with Quandre in uh, Detroit is they list him as a, a safety. Mm-hmm. But he just comes down and see, he's basically a, their nickel and their dime back. Because mm-hmm. Matt Patricia likes to play a lot of sub packages, nickel and dime packages. So he loves Quandre in there because Quandre is listed as one of their starting safeties. But hell, if I need Quandre to spin down and be my nickel or my dime, or if yeah. I need to play 40 personnel and I need my safeties to go down and cover the slot, he can do that. It's like, and which is kind of weird for a guy his size, he likes to hit. <laughs> and he's good at it. Yeah. I, that's the, the his freakish thing about him is not the fact that he can cover because he's a really good football player and he's got really good hips and he's got really good explosion coming out of his breaks. I, you know, straight ahead speed, not necessarily great, but he reminds me of Dre Bly. He's got great football instincts and he's good at angles, so he can cut off receivers and he knows how to utilize his body. But the, the thing that makes him special is a guy that size is not supposed to be able to hit that hard. It doesn't yeah. make sense. You know what I mean? It's a bumblebee with the wings that small and a body that large. Big not supposed head. to be able to fly. Like, he's not supposed to be able to hit that hard, but he can. Right. And I think that's why he's like, oh, I can put him at safety because he'll mm-hmm. come down and I'll put I'll put him in the alley and I'll he'll fill the alley. He's that physicality guy. I mean, yeah, you're Quinn you Jammer's yeah. little brother. It's just something that's it's that right? unique Try aspect. to exploit that against uh, <laughs> against uh, Quandre, which some teams have. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's a mistake. Well, that some- dude would love to come down and feel the alley or play cover two corner if you want to get physical. So 
that's what makes that's what sets this apart. Adrian Phillips, only thing I'll say about him is long time ago, and I told you guys this when I was talking to Coach Akita, yeah. he said he's the only guy that I've ever coached up until the point he was at Texas. Maybe he's at Stanford. He told me Justin Reed at Stanford actually was in the same mold too, starting right now for the Texans. He said he's the only guy that's played all positions in the secondary. I put him at every position in the secondary and he played it. And that's why as an undrafted free agent, he made his bread and butter as a special teams guy. But at the NFL level, Adrian Phillips can play and because he, he's so versatile and his football IQ is through yeah. the roof because he can pick up almost any concept instantaneously and be able to execute on the field. That's why that guy makes a roster. May not get drafted because the specs don't match up. You know what I mean? The measurables don't necessarily make him an uh, NFL star, but you put him on a football field on the roster and he just translates to the football field. Yeah, and you combine the fact that where they're at in their careers, like you talked about Earl being maybe his last big contract type career, but yeah. with the way that football is going and the way that we've seen, because you already explained how the safety superstar can be one that is still in his prime later, but now with the new rule changes, the less physical nature of being a defensive back, the same way that longer. quarterbacks, you may be able to play longer, and that's why it's so big for these other guys to get that first big contract because Adrian Phillips and Quandre, it's good to have that first few years, but you really get paid on that next one. And then if you happen to be in a position where in previous years players didn't withstand decades of this type of physicality at that position, now you may actually get them to be able to have an extended back yeah. end of their career. So it's a good time to be a DB, and it's fitting for Texas being DBU, and it makes sense when Texas is able to recruit a whole nother class of kids to come in and be able to be that next wave. And like when you were explaining the physicality of Quandre, it was just making total sense as to why you see more Foster at the nickel type situation because yeah. he's that. It seems like he has that just natural physicality to him and embraces it and plays with it. So it would only make sense that your Nickelback be a guy that also has that ingrained in him. And Angleton DVs, man. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's <laughs> East Texas and you're from <laughs> yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, Rod. You know, when you look back, we, we talked last week about, you know, we'll look back at the 2017 defense and look at the amount of NFL guys that it produced. But you look at this offseason, and you look back at that 2012 hmm. Texas defense and look at the contracts well. those guys are signed. Adrian Phillips, we talked about his deal. Can have a car on his deal. Quandre and his deal. Oh. Malcolm Brown gets a deal with the Saints for, I think, mm-hmm. $15 million. Alex Okafor, 24 over three years. Yeah. I think 18 or 16 guaranteed from the Chiefs. Jordan Hicks getting $20 million guaranteed Loaded. from the Cardinals, which Jordan Hicks is like, it's freaky to think about all the injuries he had yeah. at Texas and all the injuries he's in had the in the NFL. NFL. And he still hits his free agent year and gets twenty million guaranteed. He's one of those guys, though. He's, he's a you know, real he's tool. The, he's a the Sean Lee type player, where you know, what I mean, when he does play, you're banking he, on he yeah. is yeah. one of the best players Absolutely. like on your team, and he's like the, the best. best covered linebacker, yeah. arguably in the league when healthy, at least was when exactly. he came in. So, like, that's a unique tool that it is. no matter what, you aren't a normal linebacker, right. and we aren't shouldn't be using you as one because it's only going to yeah. may cause you to get off the field and not be able to do your skills. So, him being a niche though, that's something that can age well if his no, body no, no, doesn't I, betray him. You no, know, I'm, I'm I'm all for it. I, but yep. I totally got that. He's just, he reminds me of Sean Lee. Like, he, if, if he's healthy, man, he's legit. It's just, <laughs> he's anybody, like a little Anybody can look yeah. back at that 2012 defense now and be like, man, how are they that bad with that many, like, legit NFL well, guys? I, I, yeah, Square peg you know what? Like, I always No, theory, I know. I mean, we've yeah. talked about my, that. Well, no, my theory, right. I, I, I think this is what Todd Orlando's got to deal with. It's the central nervous system, it's where you lose the players and, and how drastically. Um, to you have to impact that loss, like how you know. I mean, think about 2012. What were you losing from that 2012 defense right up the guts Keith of 2011? Keaton Randall, Manny Acho, Keenan Robinson, Blake Gideon. Yeah. One DB started more games than any other DB in the history of DBU. Manny Acho, football like you, you know, through the roof. <laughs> right? We'll say that here, right? He's yeah. one of them guys. All right, Keenan Robinson, NFL vet. Decide? Did he just retire? Yeah. He, he decided to retire, by the way, but could have still made a roster. I think uh, I, I think that was in camp last year when he retired. Yeah, he yeah. decided like ah, I'm done. I want to say he was with Matt. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Look this up. I'll I think Google. it was Buffalo. Yeah, was something like that. Right. Washington's the longest. I can't remember, but he was with the, Giants, he was with the yeah. Giants for a while. Yeah, I mean, he decided to retire. Uh, and then there was Keaton Randall, who was a really good, you know, kind of rocker Gibraltar figure on that defensive line for him. And they lost all that in one season. They still had a ton of talent around that group. A, as you just mentioned, a ton of it. But we forget, too, that, that – and, Rod, you were – I'll go back to this. You were on the sideline when you were doing sideline reporting. You were in Oxford at the Ole Miss game. Hmm. 
when Jordan Hicks got hurt and went out, and we saw the difference in that defense with Jordan Hicks and without Jordan Hicks. And no it doubt. was like yeah. you couldn't quantify what he meant to that defense. And and that's what he meant to that 2014 defense or 13. Well, no, no, 15 defense, sorry. Right? The 14 defense going to 15? Yeah, yeah. Right? Sorry. Get my years mixed up. The 14 yeah. going into 15 year where he and Steve Edmond were the two starting inside linebackers. Right. Malcolm Brown, you just talked about, big money. All right, he was the D-tackle, first-round pick. And then in the back end, Quandre Diggs. Uh, Quandre Diggs. You Mikkel had Thompson was gone. Mikkel Thompson defense. ended up leaving. I mean, so you lost a lot with that group kind of right up the gut. And I think you still had talent around that group, man. There was still talent around those guys. I just think losing all that at one time is tough, and that's what Tartal Landers got to deal with. Yes, he lost Malik last year, but now Gary Johnson and Malik are gone. Now, yeah, you did have lose Pona, but at least you had Chris Nelson there who had some experience too. But now he's gone. The saving grace will be you don't lose your back end, like, you know, uh, that central nervous system piece. You still have Brandon Jones and Katie You Stone. probably had the best safety tandem in the country if we're being uh, – I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. I say that, you know, mm. as objective. I know they're the best in the Big 12. Best in the country. Alabama's always got one or two. As, Alabama- as comparable. <laughs> as com- you can just the say. The only reason I don't say yeah. that, because I agree with you. The only reason I don't say it as you know, because I haven't done the research, but Alabama always has one. They will, two. yeah. Yeah, so that's why I don't say But I'm with you, man. You're right. I'm yeah. with you. I'm right there. They're definitely definitely the were the best freshmen. And with, with Grant Delpit back at LSU, LSU But if you want to consider trios, if you, th- if you say trio or core, then I say Texas may have the best one in the country. Mm-hmm. See, you, then, you, then you include B.J. Foster. Then you include DeMarvio and Overshone. They, like, who's got right. that? And that, who, that's how Brandon we should Jones view modern year. football now, who's too. Got, who's got well, let's four just look of at them it. like that. Let's just look at it from this standpoint, right? right? Yeah. When, when we'll start the spring football talk, which Texas is off this week. They got in three practices before the break. Uh, they'll hit it running when they come back next week. Rod, when I look at this defense – I really think they're they're already preparing for that LSU game because when you look at how their personnel is going to stack up, B.J. Foster can be your nickelback against a team like LSU with what they run offensively. He's ideal against a team like LSU. Right. Yeah. So, And then I think you're just continuing. We Again, we talked about it a lot. I think defensive line-wise, I think your plan against LSU is going to be pretty much the same as it was against Georgia where you're just going to try to come at them in waves, which you don't hear the concern – as much about you know Gerald Wilbon or Taquan Graham, uh, or Malcolm Roach because those guys have, have played a lot of football. They've been around here a while. It's can you get Daniel Carson ready? Keandre Coburn dealing with the kidney issues, getting him cleared yeah. and oh, back on know. the field. Getting a guy like Jacoby Jones ready. Bimage coming off the shoulder surgery. Just getting as many quality bodies as you can find. And honestly, I, I don't think they're that freaked out in terms of that LSU game about their ends. And now I know, look, you, you got to deal with the big picture, right? But yeah. let's be real. I think the staff is already looking at that LSU game just no, they like they've done with USC yeah, the last to. two offseasons yeah. and, and what yeah. have you. But I think you're not freaking out because guys like Jeff McCulloch and Delia Dayway, they're perfect for a team like LSU. Yeah, because LSU, yeah, they'll spread you out. They're only spreading you out because they want to run it. You right. know what I mean? They're not spreading you out because they actually want to throw the football or have a prolific passing game. They just want to get physical, and they want to dominate at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so I, I actually I agree with you. It's kind of what, what Georgia was. It's not that far from where Georgia, at least conceptually, where right. Georgia wanted to go with Texas, and Texas was able to obviously win the, the battle up front, win mm-hmm. the trenches. So yeah. I'm with you. I think LSU conceptually – I don't think it's a, a hard team for Texas to game plan for. But as LSU, they just have the best athletes in the country. They right. can go you know, blow for blow, even with the Bamas and the Georgias of the world. So once again, that's the test. Do you have, as you pointed out, do you have the depth at D-line? Do you have the manpower straight up to just go toe-to-toe with LSU for four quarters and beat them and impose what's your gonna, will? What's going to be your best mix in the secondary? You know, yeah. can, can you, you, know I mean? Do you have you know, linebackers that can thump and run, which – I See, mean, you we, don't know right now. Your linebackers—that's the to me—that's one of your your concerns. The defensive line showed us in the Georgia game that there's a there's a lot of depth right. in that defensive line. And yes, you you lose a lot, but man, I, I'm with you. I, I like that they got Roach coming back. Taquan Graham is going to be one of the crucial pieces on on that defensive line. Um, you know, I, I think they got some pieces, to, some building blocks on that on that defensive line. Linebacking core, you're really starting from scratch. And then you throw DeGabriel Floyd's neck issue on there right now, which he's dealing with the stingers. 
Uh, they found out he had stinger right. issues in high school. He's had an MRI. He wasn't cleared for contact before the break, and he's going to be a really big part of this. If I unplug my freaking power cord one more time, <laughs> I'm just going to throw this thing across the room. Um, Angry. Gosh. But, yeah, anyway. you know what I mean? Because like, think about this. La- we found out now, and Tom Orlando knew before everybody, and we observed it, but we didn't have – there weren't quantifiable proof of it, but now we do after the combine – that Gary Johnson and Malik Jefferson truly four five three and four four three were freaks. Like you were like basically what the Cowboys have in L in, in Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith. <laughs> right. It's your linebacking combo, which made you truly unique. Now you're gonna lose the most unique element of that defense. And how do you compensate for that loss, that dramatic loss of speed? You know what I mean? Right, like I said, at the core of your defense in the central nervous system of it. So I think either more speed on the back end where you have a ton of athletes that you've recruited, guys like B.J. Foster and DeMarvio and Overshown um, playing more, and on the, on the defensive line where you do have some depth. And as you pointed out, he wanted guys that can play multiple shades, meaning better athletes all around on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And all the, the guys that he likes, they're, they're kind of fit in the same mold. It's Aquan Grahams and the Malcolm Roaches of the world. Moro I think Ojimo is a guy he wants to be that. He wants he wants basically three three guys at least that can play multiple shades. And right now I think maybe that's the three. I don't know. You know what I mean? I think because you got Roach. Probably, yeah. You got I, Roach and you got Graham. I'm trying to think of who's the other guy that can I think play Marcus Bimage at this one, Marcus Bimage is probably more of like a situational pass rush guy. I think. Yeah. And that's not to and, diminish and him. And Cole Burns, your but, but that's when you really want him on the field. If you yeah. can get him on the field on third down, like Bimage is perfect if you can you know, put him in like in a NASCAR type package. I yeah, think no, that's no, I really that. when he can be really, But I really think good. he wants guys literally that he can put at D tackle and D in. He wants Grams and Roaches. And I think like, Daniel, you know I, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I think Ojimo kind of fits that. Coburn's a D tackle. So is what Wilbon. Wilbon's a D tackle. Yeah, and Daniel Carson Rod might be the most interesting guy on that defense. That's true, because he's, he's tall. It's yeah, you know, 6'3", 6'4", and 305. Like he looks physically like a nose, but you're like he he intrigues me because his background as a shot put discus guy in high school, just yeah. raw athlete that they Got took. And they said, look, let's just take him and see where his body goes. You know, now you've got that guy with kind of – and keep in mind, you know, during the uh, during the Sugar Bowl, like he was playing, you know, nose tackle in the, on, on the scout team, mimicking Georgia's defensive line. So, yeah. I mean, you you know he's got that kind of bulk that you would think of got in the a nose tackle. To do it. But, again, I think that versatility, man, he can – I think he's a guy that can play multiple shades. And maybe – Maybe he's a retro freshman. Maybe they don't want him doing a lot of that, like playing multiple shades. Like, look, just get really good at learning nose, and then we'll kind of branch you out from there. Mm-hmm. But I think by the end of the year, man, we could look at that D-line group going into 2020 and saying, wow, all you lose, you know, you lose what? Roach and Chisholm? Uh, yeah. Everybody else is back? That would be Looks big. Like it. Yeah. Texas hasn't had that at the D-line position in a yeah. long time. No, you're right. And then, I mean, you could be, you know, you could be looking at going into 2020 being, again, eight, nine guys deep. And you want to have those hybrid-type guys like you're saying. When you said just those frames, like 6'3", 305, that's exactly what Lamar Houston is, and that was the type of prototype we mm-hmm. talked about a decade ago as the guy that is athletic enough to yeah. chase down anybody. If, you know, you're going to have a quarterback there unless you got, like, the fastest quarterback around, you got guys almost as athletic as well, those quarterbacks. Sam Macho was like that, yeah. right? Sam Macho was playing D-tackle yeah, that was crazy. and D-in. I think yeah. in the league he played outside linebacker. linebacker yeah. <laughs> like, no, they, they, that's the guy you want? That's exactly. Marcus Roach. You really just want those. I just want like those guys for my. You didn't, know, they, like, didn't they experiment with Okafor defensive tackle uh-huh. for, for uh, that same so. year? Whenever yeah. him in Houston, yeah. it was all three that's of those kind guys. Of who move were just like that you know, was just when wanna, you didn't yeah. have those. Le- who was it? The Dorseys and Bibles. Like all of the D tackles were just gone, and you didn't uh, have any. And that yeah. no, no, no. This was before. This was like 2010, I think, when Okafor was like yeah. you, you lost to Mark Houston. Yeah, I think uh, they okay could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember what Will Muschamp's reasoning was. I've slept since then. But yeah, I remember. I mean, he was working Houston, Acho, and Okafor all at D tackle at you some see, point. You see three guys on your D line. It's almost like the offensive line principle, right? With Herb Hand, you want two guys that can play more than one position. Mm-hmm. At least two right. guys on your on your offensive line every year. And I think Herb Hand's gonna you know identify those guys year to year. Um, and I think, and the same thing, I would do it in the defensive backfield, and I do it on the D line. I always make sure, like, no, I got two or three guys that yeah. can play more than one position, and it just is all about evaluation, and it's all about development. And then you figure out, okay, when do I utilize this guy's versatility for a matchup advantage for us? And 
against, you know, against certain teams. Oh, you know what? I need more speed on the field. Let's go NASCAR packages. I'm moving Malcolm Rose to D tackle. Yeah. All right. Against certain teams, like, no, I need more bulk. I need an actual I need a presence in there. I need Colburn and I need, you know, Wilbur. I need guys actually playing D tackle. I need a presence there to reset the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? Like it it you you give yourself more options to be malleable and yeah. be a multiple defense, not only in per- personnel and formation, but also in philosophy. And, and we that's saw where, we saw how the Georgia game unfolded. That's Georgia. And yeah, there were that. times, you know, when you got to third and long that you said, Okay, yes, we've been having to deal with Georgia's bulk on first and second down, but we've got them in a surefire passing down. Let's go ahead and play a little kind of NASCAR package, a little speed package. Malcolm Roach was playing over the ball. He was playing no, he's playing D tackle, like nose yeah. tackle, yeah. Which I, which I, in the Big 12, makes perfect sense, too, once you get somebody in past situations. But even in that situation against Georgia, when anybody in third and long, Malcolm Roach had D tackle, that's a matchup Texas wins. And just to point <laughs> out another aspect that is the reason why you have to have that type of multiplicity is just because you're limited a certain amount of scholarships, and that's a roster spot. And instead of having a backup, you're able to manufacture this depth. So then you aren't able – you don't worry, like, say, whenever you lose a lineman like Connor Williams and your line goes to crap because you have nothing in it. It's such a massive gap between him and the replacement. If you have somebody that is able to play multiple positions and he's a starter, it's like he can bump over. Now it's like you have an 86. And every time you add a position to a person, that's like you're adding a roster spot. That's 87. That's 88. And that's the amount of people that you have there. And if you only have players that play one position, you really get confined to whatever your roster is right then. And if you lose something, you'd be way more susceptible to injuries than if you don't have that type of depth. Rod, I, I had a thought, and you can tell me if I'm way off or if I'm on the right track, You're talking about the corner duos. And, and I want to talk corner real quick before we transition to offense. We've talked safety quite a bit uh, in the early goings here spring practice. But I just had a thought that you know, when you look at Jalen Green and Anthony Cook, and look, Kobe Boyce, I think I've talked about his development, I think doesn't need to be taken lightly because the if he's a starting caliber player and so is Jalen Green and so is Anthony Cook, that allows you to, against a team where maybe you can't have B.J. Foster in the nickel, maybe Anthony Cook slides over and he's your nickel guy or whatever. But with Cook and Green specifically, I looked at that and said, you know, that's almost like having like a Rod Babers, Quentin Jammer, corner tandem which cook i look right and say he's more like you in terms of the guy who was the technician understood football really well you know had the the football iq and then you look at jalen green and like quentin jammer just like the freak athlete and like what you one of your first guys you want getting off the bus just an elite elite press cover corner elite man cover corner jalen green as we talked about his deal is going to be can he handle you know zone coverages and nuances of the defense which I, I and not to directly compare him to Quentin Jammer but Jammer playing safety and just his background Helped I think that wasn't really an issue for him but mm. yeah I just thought of I just thought of those two guys I was like man that really those guys you look at their skill sets and it really reminds me of when you had you know Rod B and, and Quentin Jammer at corner and I hear that Kobe Boyce and thank you for that actually um, it reminds me of the the good old days but uh, <laughs> I heard Kobe Boyce is also having a really good camp. And we talk about the versatility of these guys and being able to move them around in certain situations. If, you know, uh, let's say you're going up against a team that has a really good slot wide receiver and say, like, all right, we need a, we need basically somebody that can cover. We need to straight up put our best cover man. And maybe, that, maybe that's Anthony Cook. Right. And you put your best cover man in the slot and he can play nickel. Then you may need somebody else to play corner. And that's when having a guy like Kobe Boyce who's, Having a decent spring practice, uh, he really, you know. I think confidence, confidence with him is huge. Well, yeah, because it was decimated because he was undressed last year in that Oklahoma State game in the first quarter. Not all his fault because he, right. you know, Chris Boyd and being suspended. Well, I, think you've, I think even before that, I think, you know, the, go back to the Maryland game when Devontae Davis has the neck deal and Kobe Boyce plays pretty much the whole game against Maryland yeah. and plays well. And you didn't really notice him on the field, which if you're a corner out on an island, that's good if nobody notices you. I thought he played well. And then the Tulsa game, he didn't play well at all, and, and it affected him, and that was pretty much the last we saw yeah. of Kobe Boyce. As Teams a, were targeting. Yeah. They were going after him. That was pretty much the last we saw yeah. of him until mm-hmm. you had to have him in there. Yeah, in the that's why you. Game. it'd be great if he actually didn't become a liability back there in the secondary um, and you could actually move some pieces around. So having a third cover corner would be really, really um, instrumental in terms of giving that 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 secondary more options. So I, listen, I'm with you though. I think Jalen Green and Anthony Cook. I'm not worried about those two. I think they, they really are. I think they're young phenoms. I think both of the young prodigies. I'm not worried about the safeties either. 
Uh, I'm not worried about nickel because I think B.J. Foster in that role is going to be really, really good. Um, so the only situation, only position I should say that I'm worried about uh, right now is probably linebacker on that defense. I'm a little concerned about linebacker, actually. The two inside spots. Yeah, yeah I and, am. And you because you know, it's all, you need you need two, and they're not really inside linebackers or outside linebackers anymore. I mean, yeah, situationally, you can say, hey, I need I need my B backer out there, and I want this, and that. but no, for the most part, you're gonna be in uh, a, a three. You're gonna be in three two six, or you're gonna be in three three five. Seventy five percent of the downs. Could we? Mm-hmm. Could, this year. I don't. I don't know if Orlando's done it. I, you know I, I, mean? I haven't studied him that far back. Like in depth with the Utah State stuff. Since Osai if Osai is the presence we think he can be. The B back of there, yeah. Could you do like some Bill four one six? Uh yeah. With just a four man front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or because Osai Osai makes you a four man front with his yeah. presence. Yeah, because yeah, he, he he can he play down or up, right? Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean he's one of those guys where I think that going back to the versatility to keep you multiple from down to down, even within the down, you love side to be out there because he can turn you into a four man front or back to a three man front. And, and they haven't had that. They haven't had that B backer. Like they thought, Nashawn Hughes could be that guy. He wasn't. We saw Jason Hall essentially take over for him yeah. when the Lightning package became a base package two years ago. And then last year, they were pretty much either, you know, they were three down the whole time, whether yep. they were running dime or nickel. Yeah. They were three down. But I think they'll still be three down. I think you may see a four-man front three yeah. down with Osai on the edge. But it all depends on how he wants to play. But it all, he doesn't know what he has out of these linebackers yet. Right. Well, he, he now he's getting some type of, you know, a picture of it or a glimpse of it. But that's the key. You really won't know until in Big 12 action you figure out which one's going to be a liability in pass coverage. There you go. And which that's one, the main yeah. Or who's getting – who can't uh, stop the run or, or what's going stop, on. Who can hold up against It just comes yeah. up to the skill sets of the players. And if yeah. this guy's athletic enough that he can do the job and yeah. be average, then they're going to be able to do it. And that's going to make you a matchup nightmare. And it's actually going to be good for the defense. But then if it's actually exploited from time to time, that's sort of why I love what I've seen from – Orlando's ability to be malleable inside a game and adjust like in the second half you've seen a lot better of defenses you'd seen him adjusting after first quarters really well when you look back through the last two years or even in his previous stops so he it seems as if he understands that he's seeing what he's seeing during a game and isn't afraid to make that adjustment now it also means he's probably not afraid to try new things and that's why right now we're just sort of hypothesizing about how the pieces could fit together but that's the luxury of him landing at Texas finally that he gets to handpick the type of players that he wants and he has the more elite athletes than he's really ever had before so if he's going to do something outside the norm it's going to be with these type of players Rod tell me if I'm wrong on this but I think Jeff McCulloch is a guy that we've seen him make plays I think the main issue with Jeff McCulloch is we don't really know what his baseline is yeah I mean that's interesting because I mean I like Jeffrey McCulloch I just uh, I don't know if He's one. I don't know if he's a guy that has a has enough of a versatile skill set to play linebacker for Todd Orlando. You know what I mean? Like, he seems like know. a traditional linebacker. Yeah, like I think he. Yeah, to me, he's it. You know, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not knocking him by his right, right. position, but I do think he wants a guy that he can drive back and pass coverage that also can blitz, that also can hold up against the run. Um, he has a lot of his linebackers. Especially that, ro- that rover position. Man, he has a, he yeah. does. He has a lot of those guys. And, and McCulloch seems to be more of a niche, just traditional linebacker than a guy that's a great cover linebacker. Yeah, he could prove me wrong, but we see in the Big 12 guys who are more traditional linebackers, even Wheeler, who's a really good player for Tarlando, they can be exploited. Yeah, You know what I mean? They'll find out, oh, he doesn't hold up well. And even guys like Malik were explored at times because they figured out, oh, he doesn't get all blocks well. All right, let's get a block in front of him. Let's just mm-hmm. do that. We get a block in front of him. Most of the time, he just ran around him because right. <laughs> he had elite Fantastic. speed. But they, the, the Big Twelve, because you had the great offensive minds, not not as many as they used to have from from the air raid era. They're really good at figuring out how to exploit a vulnerability um, in a matchup with, especially with linebackers, because they don't listen. Texas on the back end, it's not it's not going to be a lot for you to go after uh, in that secondary. I mean, you maybe go after those young corners, but you ain't going after Caden Stearns and Brandon Jones if you're smart. You know what I mean? Right. And mm-hmm. I think those young corners will prove themselves early on really well. I think what Todd Orlando's going to focus on this way, jo- Joseph Asai may end up getting the, the nod over other linebackers, pressure. 
I mean, pressure is what he's going to focus on. Because yeah. he knows those young guys can hold up, but he doesn't want to leave them out on an island for too long. But he knows if I can just get pressure uh, on, on you know these quarterbacks in the Big 12. Four seconds. Yeah, exactly. If I, th- tell my DBs they have to do this. They, they either get rid of the ball really quickly and, and they'll check it down, or they're going to throw picks. And we got ball hawks back there now. You know what I mean? Like, Kate yeah. Stern's a ball hawk back there. Uh, Brandon Jones can make plays on the ball. I think, you know, Anthony Cook is a guy, you know, he's kind of like me. I think he's got better hands than me. But if he's a technician, he'll be around the ball a lot because they're going to test those young corners yeah. a lot. And now, is Jalen Green a guy that has good ball skills? I, don't uh, I think his ball skills are solid. Yeah. There'll be opportunities for those young corners. But B.J. Foster's a guy we've seen that has really good ball skills. He has good ball skills. So I think – if you're Tarlando, you want them to have opportunities to, to make plays on the ball, to, to force turnovers. They're going to come after those young corners. Yeah. But I, I think, I think the, everybody knows that. I think the yeah. young corners know that. Everybody knows that. They're going to get help over the top. Hmm. You know your safety's got your back. Your safety's got great range. So it sounded like when I was playing, like really, you know, you got veteran, you got a, you know, a veteran safeties that will kind of guide you. And I played with older, say, Ahmad Brooks was a safety there, and even Quentin Jammer when I came. And even Greg Brown was an older safety. So they would really just guide me like, hey, I got, I got your inside. I got your skinny pulse. I got, your, I got the slant. I got, you know what I mean? You just worry about this. I got that. You know what I mean? And if they trust them, and you should trust a Brandon Jones mm-hmm. and Caden Stearns. Well, that's big is that building that trust. Because yeah. trust isn't something sh- that you just get. Yeah. You build that because you had relationships with those guys and they understood well, it. I so, know. over time, like, that's what this has been so good that these kids come in together. So, they get well, to build together. they have that. And oh, yeah, yeah. the communication is going to be the key. So, I, I do. I think the secondary is going to be really good. Pressure yeah. is going to be what they build the defense around, though. That's a, that's a good thought, and we can we can pick that up as we go on. I do want to talk about offense before we uh, oh, yeah. get ready to shut it down today. And you know, well, first off, the the injuries. You know, Anthony Cook's dealing with a hamstring issue. Tom Herman said it's a minor thing; it's not expected to be major. Yeah. Um, they're planning on having him back when I know all coaches that you know split their practice say we're going to have him back after spring break. Plan on having Anthony Cook back after spring break. Keandre Coburn was cleared for non-contact stuff, which is a really good sign dealing with his kidney issues. Yeah. Uh, the only one that's really concerning right now is the Gabriel Floyd with that neck issue. They ran an MRI, and, mm. and they're going over with him, kind of seeing what he – he has not been cleared for contact yet, at least wasn't before the team left yeah. uh, for spring break. You know, Other than that, I mean, Caleb, Caleb Johnson getting him back healthy, him coming off of the, the shoulder issue he had in junior college. Um, but really right on offense, and Tom Herman kind of alluded to this, you know, he said you don't really – you don't really ever want to say that you know what you got from a guy, but he kind of said they pretty much know they what know they've got from yeah. from a guy like Colin Johnson and even do. a guy like Devin Duvernay. So I'm just I think the more reps you can get for those young wide receivers mm-hmm. to work with Sam Ellinger, the better you're going to be. And man, that first group, that number one group they're rolling out there right now is really interesting because it's Malcolm Epps at the X. Brennan Eagles at the Z, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't think. You look some of the Eagles, well, he's, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds. Why is he at the Z? What I've heard is it's the straight line speed. It's that vertical speed. They mm-hmm. want to see how that plays at Z. And then a guy like Josh Moore in the slot, you know, that's three guys from the 2018 recruiting class. It's just a really interesting-looking group when you watch it out there, even just watching them run routes on air, which is pretty much, you know, the bulk of what we get to see when we yeah. have open periods of practice. Um, just kind of the just the physical presence, you know, Malcolm Epps is, and then Josh Moore just watching him and his quickness and watching him come back off the collarbone injury. It's just it's an I'm intrigued by that number one group right now, really that receiver group right now with no Colin Johnson, no Devin Duvernay, no John Bird. It shows me they're experimenting uh, with that with that Z. They like to experiment with it because one of the experiments worked out for them with Lil Jordan Humphrey. So I think they figured out that okay, all right. So, and I think, like I said, every level of football is picking something. Oh, you know what? The slot, naturally, you can just get open in the slot. If you can't get open in the slot, then you don't need to be playing football. I ain't going to lie to you. Like it's, it's, and and it's, it's just really tough to guard somebody with a two-way go in the art of creating separation, which is what route running is. You know, you already have an ability to manipulate mm-hmm. space because you have so much more of it. And more right options. There, and more options inside the slot. So they're like, all right, Little Trent Humphrey, man, that worked out really well. Now let's see about you say straight up speed demon at the slot. Mm-hmm. Well, how how does that affect you know? I mean, no, 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 Eagles is playing a Z on the outside. So this outside. is like oh, Duvernay, but but this is sorry. exactly yeah. what uh, they did to move little Jordan and inside. Who's playing in the slot for him? Sorry. Josh Moore. 
Josh Moore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's the exact same idea that they moved. Remember, we were like, oh, man, Duvernay, he's a, the body type of a slot receiver. Body type on the outside, LJ Humphrey is the outside receiver. But then we came into camp last year, and it was the other way around. And you had Duvernay on the outside, but that's because his speed at the Z going vertical, and you had so, LJ at the slot. Okay, yes, okay. I, I, so, so Which is basically, so they're just taking the same blueprint they yeah. use with LJ then now. With but the speed, I, to, the experiment, speed, right. what they're how they're utilizing the slot. But to your point, Rod, I do think they're going to experiment with that slot. Whether it's getting Jordan Whittington some reps there off a of running back, I think Brennan Eagles is a guy that maybe you can look because of his size. Maybe you could look at using yeah. him in the slot. I'm intrigued by if you do get Colin Johnson back and you need to get Brew McCoy as much work at, at X as possible. We know he's going to work in the slot. I'm intrigued by Malcolm Epps working some slot. Uh yeah, because I mean, basically a big tight end, six six two thirty. Like yeah, with his it's basketball like tight background. Yeah, you yeah. talk about a guy as a nat, you know, the ability to, to rebound and play on a basketball court and, and finding space, yeah. and working in space. I'm intrigued by him. Yeah, no, no. I just think that I think that's where they're trying to do some uh, some funky stuff. And like I said, I don't know exactly what they're gonna do because they've had a lot of guys out. You know, they had Colin Johnson's out and Devin Duvernay, and so is John Birch. Um, but I, whoever they decide to put in there because of the little Jordan Humphrey experiment and how well it went, I think it's going to be crucial. And they, have, like you said, they may put like two or three different guys. They may start utilizing just that position overall and rotating different guys for situational I, I still reasons. think if Brew McCoy is eligible, I, I think the bulk of his reps are going to come in the slot this year. Okay. But Jake Smith is a guy that's going to play in the slot, too. No, he will, he but comes. I just think when you yeah, just I mean, look at Brew McCoy, just, just Brew McCoy's free. snap numbers, I think when you look at his snap totals by the end of the season, he'll, the be. overwhelming majority, I think, will be in the slot. Um, but will the overwhelming majority of the slot reps have gone to him? I don't think so. I think you're going to have to even it up. They're going to split because, it up, right? All, because yeah. the dynamic with all three of those guys is so different. Like, Brew McCoy's more of the little Jordan Humphrey type, the bigger, thicker body type, can work through the trash. Yeah. Josh Moore is kind of the quicker guy, I think, creating mm-hmm. separation, the ability to go vertical with him. Great and then Jake Smith is exactly what they want in a slot. Yeah. So you've got three guys with three distinct skill sets. Yeah. Uh, and I they think all three of them. Things. Basically, they can manipulate who you're facing on a week-to-week yeah. basis. Yeah, I mean, you, can, you, can re, you can't replace the presence little Jordan Humphrey had, the skills he had, but you could definitely, like, moneyball and create, recreate his production with yeah. those three guys. Well, well, I think right now it's just because all those guys are young – but ultimately, man, at least two of those guys probably have a higher ceiling than Lou Jordan Humphrey. I would think so, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I mean, Brew McCoy Brew. definitely does, and Jake Smith may too, depending on how they utilize him. And I don't think we should sell Josh Moore short either. Yeah. Just talking to people behind the scenes, they really like kind of what he brings to the table. Is he the fastest out of those? Oh, gosh. Those guys, um, those three guys, uh, Brew McCoy and Jake Smith? Uh, he's faster like, than Brew McCoy. I mean, I don't. I don't know because Jake Smith doesn't he he wasn't a track guy in high yeah. school. He isn't a track guy. He's a he's a baseball lacrosse guy, hmm. which makes sense why he handles the ball so well and hand eye coordination and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I think it's kind of probably helps you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Jake, you watch Jake Smith's tape and people that have seen him up close attest to the the straight line speed. But I don't know. I I would probably still take Josh Moore. Okay, as the fastest guy of those three. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's, that's like you said. So I think it would be close between them. And Everybody's got a different, uh, uh, kind of a different asset they bring to the position. Right. So, Rod, I want I definitely wanted to hit on receiver, and I wanted to hit on offensive line a little bit too, and mainly just the just the physical look of this group because you see the weights and you see okay clearly Denzel Okafor. I don't know if he's the three twenty he's listed at, but you could definitely see his body looks right like he's three hundred plus and what you would expect a college lineman to be like. This looks like. This is the best-looking group of offensive linemen I've seen Texas have in a really long time. And none of these guys are fat. Like, they don't look fat. Yeah. Like, they've they're, all gained weight, just, but they don't look fat. Yeah, they're just uh, they're It's not like me up. putting on a pair of pads. Like, they look like it's a – Tope Amade carries that 340 very well, as well as you can carry. And what are we looking at? What is Denzel looking for playing right now? Tackle right Tackle. now. But that's the beauty of her hand is you, you know by the end of the spring. He's going to be playing both. Right. Yeah. And I think you know Zach Shackelford. Kurt same thing. Zach Shackelford was in the media session the last week and said that he's like, "You guys know how Coach Hand works. I mean, everybody's going to be playing, yeah, pretty much everywhere by I mean, the end of spring." I love that. I mean, I just love that. That is his, you know, kind of his main philosophy. It's like, no, no, no. Everybody learns how to play. Some of you guys will excel at it. Some of you guys will suck at it. 
But yeah. either way, it'll make you a better player in the end, and you'll understand more of the overall kind of continuity scheme and why we're why you're doing what you're doing and why it's so important and why it affects the guy next to you so much. Yeah, it's yeah. so big. It's like showing your work in math it instead really of just it's, having the number it's, there. It's as great. An I love I love that idea. And it's so big because you're always going to have an idea of what your teammate or where your teammate but, needs to be. And if it, it seems simple, but that's something that can get lost if you get stuck inside your assignment and not seeing that overall picture can end up being an issue down the road. I, you know, I just love the way Herb Hand runs a practice because individual, and this is one of those position groups where I'm glad we get to see individual with the offensive linemen mm. when they let us into practice. I love when you talk offensive line. And, and there's some group. There's <laughs> Rod, an offensive lineman at heart. Rod, you know, you know, there's there's some position groups where you watch individual and it's either like a glorified grab ass session or it's just there's just not much to. It ain't no take Yeah, you really it. don't get wide receivers are like that. Watching like, wide receivers, wide receivers like, don't do a like damn tight thing end to me is one of those. Like I gain, I gain nothing other than seeing how guys look physically. Going through yeah. the motions, I gain nothing. Through the I gain emotions. nothing by watching tight if ends. It, yeah, if they individual. drop the ball, then you're like, oh, it's, his hands suck. He, I'll he, tell you, he, he under under Tom under drills. Tom Herman, I don't think an individual. I've I've seen a tight end catch a pass through. <laughs> this is the third spring through two camps. I don't think an individual I've ever seen a tight end. They only get rewarded in games. Hey, that's maybe gonna they, they, all they, they do work. is work blocking. That's it. Hey, all they do is work blocking. That's going to change, man. That's going to um, change. But I like, like I watch, I love watching like the D line do individual. I love going watching Todd Orlando put linebackers through individual because they're mm. always working like footwork, footwork. and drops yep, and getting downhill that's and a, coming to balance. Yeah. Um, even the safeties, they put balls. Uh, Jason Washington, Craig Niver, they put ball skills in yeah, everything. Yeah, I they love do. some of the stuff they have the the DBs doing, man. Like the change direction stuff, and and uh, it's all like breaks. they use shoots all the time. Like I've yeah. never seen Texas Staying DBs low use pad shoots. level. Yeah. yeah, never seen Texas DBs use shoots yeah. as much. No, I love it. Um, and what I said about Titans, that's no res- disrespect to Derek Wareheim and that group. They're working no. hard. Yeah, they're working hard. You guys not yeah, much I mean, you can take away from. It. 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 It's all about physicality, though. That's what but he wants. Getting back to Herb Hand, like they were working pin and pull stuff, right? Where you know one side kicks mm-hmm. down and the other side pulls around but he's like all right let's see what it looks like with the center pulling all right now i want the left guard to pull now the left tackle you pull now i want the right tackle you pull and you kick out or lead up in the hole now the left the right guard does it so basically everybody's working like and they might ride they might not ever run a pin and pull or a counter with the where the backside tackle pulls ever yeah. but at least yeah. he's getting an idea of okay based on this guy's footwork can he handle it and with a guy like denzel okafer you know, hey, what does the footwork look like? And when I put him from right tackle to left guard, you know, yeah. can do does, does he have the up? feet to make that transition? Yep, exactly right. I mean, I think that's what Coach Keenan would just do with guys when he would identify. I think this guy can play safety. Yeah, you know, you're just looking at you know the the hip flexibility. Tools. You're looking at yeah, like how does he look at the game? Does he have great eyes? Like. You know, does he read his keys really quickly and really well? Is there a natural flow and transition out of the break? Like, just little stuff like that. You go, okay, that guy can transition. So, But every coach can't do that. I mean, right. I, I don't think I could do that as easily. I mean, Herpan has a gift for that. That is something when that you, he has. When you watch certain coaches take guys through individual, you can tell what those coaches value. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I watch D-line do individual, no matter whether it's been spring ball, camp, bowl practice, Oscar Jobs really values ball get off. Mm. They always work on ball. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, Herb Hand, we saw the tail end of them doing it, but his principles with his double team schemes, they do a lot of stuff on that two man sled, that Crowther sled, where they're working half man leverage and footwork every single day. You just value that. And I think that's why this program, you're seeing them, Rob, becoming players that. They're better at paying attention to detail. They're handling the small stuff because that mm-hmm. small stuff gets driven home every day. We we start, began the show talking about muscle memory. After a while, man, that stuff just becomes second nature. Oh, if yeah. you do it so much and you're doing it the right way, and it's uh, it's value. Details become routine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, especially I mean, if you are, it depends on like if you have, let's say, your entire defense is built around the Tampa two. All right. So when I was in when I was in Tampa, Lily, that's I mean our. Individual drills were built around the Tampa too. Right, getting getting the jam, forcing the receiver inside, eyes to the quarterback, the sinking of the hips and flipping of the hips, depending on what's the number two receiver. Y'all were in alignment, literally everything. So yeah, so it's but they ran they ran Tampa too, probably seventy you know percent of the time. So they want everybody to get really really good at it. So everything revolved around that. So I mean, her pan, I don't know exactly what you know the blocking scheme is for some sort of zone blocking scheme, some is man blocking schemes, but 
I bet a lot of it is based on that philosophy, the half-man principle, where we end up in a double team. I want it executed perfectly. We can't afford to allocate resources for a double team and have y'all screw it up. Mm -hmm. We're putting two men on one guy. If we can't execute that to take one guy out in a numbers game where we're devoting two guys to it, then we lose. Mm-hmm. And we're really bad at our jobs, and we should be fired, all right? And if That's you, a simple yeah. principle that I, I agree with. And it's like the Tampa 2. The simple principle was get your hands on the receivers and disrupt them. You got one damn job. I'm not asking you to cover them down the field. I'm not asking you to play man-to-man on them. I'm not asking you to cover the deep third or cut fourth. I'm asking you to get your hands on the wide receivers and disrupt them inside. Can you start and do that, all right? Because that's what we're going to start. Our whole defense is predicated on you doing that one thing. You do that, everything else goes right. And Herb Hand with the, the double-team principle, it all goes back to anybody that's ever heard Herb Hand, he's speaking at a clinic or if you know he does have a media session where he gets to talk about kind of his principles, his beliefs. It's all about he'll hear him use this term, vertical placement of the down defender. Yeah. Basically, if we are if we can move that guy back three yards, we can gain at least three yards on first down every time, or every mm-hmm. time we run the ball. There you go. You know, if that guy's if that down if that defensive tackle's making TFLs or tackles at the line of scrimmage, then it doesn't matter what you call or how good your scheme is. If you can't block the guy in front of you closest to the ball, none Where of it so matters. Well. Yeah, the whole the whole damn uh, blueprint collapses. Mm-hmm. The whole structure yeah. collapses. Yeah, and you it's stuff like that, Rod. When you start thinking about football, like man, it sounds. It sounds like, so simple, yet when start. you hear like some offensive guys talk do. about their schemes, yeah. it's like. Wow, sometimes that stuff gets real lost. And, like, you forget, just move that guy. If you move him three yards, we'll gain at least three yards. Yeah, Tom Herman had a great description of football. He said basically it is a – and he talked about the offensive line stuff. He said you're trying to move somebody involuntarily against their will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're trying to move them. I don't, like, and they don't want you to move them, but you have to do it. Right. And their whole right? goal is to not <laughs> their whole be moved. Goal is to not be moved. <laughs> and, and it sounds simple, but you're right. It's getting back to the simple form of it. It's like, no, no, no. If we can just do that one thing. E- there are other things in the play and the execution that may not be ideal. And some guys may fail in their execution. Point. But exactly. But in this one aspect of this play, we have to succeed. We mm-hmm. have to succeed when we have the double team. And, yeah, the wide receiver may miss a block. And, yeah, the, the, the tackle may have only gotten a little shade of that defensive end. But this one aspect of the play we must be perfect on. Right. And the and, entire and defense then, then blocks can, off of it. And then it'll make up for other mistakes. So, no, I feel on that. You be, Don't be obsessive about everything because then the, the, the young men don't know what the hell you're obsessive about. You know what I mean? They don't know, like, what to emphasize and what to prioritize. But when there is a point which you have to be obsessive about one thing as a coach, that's what you stick and that's why certain things for your they always alignment assignment sticks out to me for Coach Hill. Alignment assignment, alignment assignment, <laughs> alignment assignment. Like alignment assignment. What's your alignment? What's your assignment? You would ask some guys, and some guys go, and they wouldn't know. It's like, no, what the hell is your alignment? You're hesitating. What's your assignment? All right, you got inside leverage. You're seven yards off, and you're playing cover three or whatever the hell it is. You know what I mean? Like know that number one, and then. Everything else will fall into place, but you got to get that right. I yeah. remember even like playing high school ball, you know, playing offensive line, and we had a simple scheme. We're in a wing T offense, so it was, but it was a simple zone scheme. I still remember today, one two LOS. When you get up there, your first, your number one job, regardless of what the play is, what the skill, whatever it is, <laughs> identify the first and second man on the line of scrimmage from the ball. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's and your, it's going to be with you until you die. Yep. No, no, and same thing, Coach Ken. I can hear him now. <laughs> number one, number two. Who's your number one? Who's your number two? Number one is the one close to the uh, sideline. Number two is right inside that. Figure out who your number one, number two is. That's your keys. Number one, number two, number one. Back to the quarterback. I mean, I can see it. it you're right. It comes one, back. Two LOS. Like, I remember like, like muscle memory. Yeah. But as a coach, you if you're really good, that will stick with you for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you're like, I don't know. He didn't everything. That I know because that every day, same things like a household. Your kids know, oh, I better not leave I better not leave dishes in the sink. Mama comes home with this <laughs> in the sink. Oh, no, 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 no. She don't really give a damn about me um, not walking the dogs or whatever. But if there's dishes in the sink when mama get home, she's going to lose it. And yeah. everybody's going to have a bad day. So you learn. You become conditioned. You know what I mean? I remember I remember that in one of my high school offensive line coaches who I'm still very close with uh the other thing i remember is hat hands and feet that's your that's your off that's how that's how you handle that's how you're yeah when, when you get when you engage a defender that's the three things hat, you got to remember hat hands and feet, and feet. yeah hmm. exactly you bring your feet with you don't bring forget hat, yeah, don't bring you bring the, the hat in the hand then you'll fall forward no no hmm. bring the feet with you bring your feet yeah no it, it all makes sense simplistically and you when when you have a son you'll be telling your son the same stuff
You really will. I'll yeah. tell my daughter. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there yeah. you go. Well, we'll simple. We'll simplify this. My daughter simple got the rules. hand in the dirt. Yeah, right. Simple rules. Yeah. She can play football, I guess. We're uh, we're <laughs> well, we're not playing football, but just whatever. But we're we're learning how to walk right now, so we're. Uh, hey, bring your feet with you. Baby steps, man. <laughs> that can still apply. Exactly. She's still in that stage <laughs> where she's uh, one, two, right. no, she's, <laughs> Bring your feet with you. Where she's, she's walking, she'll like grab my pant leg, and she's not sure if she wants to let go and stand on her own. So we're, <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Awesome. Way off from offensive line footwork, but we're getting there. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week's show, guys. We will, uh, you know, maybe they'll have a practice when we get back in and record next week. I don't know. We'll see. I kind of see what the practice schedule is. But uh, they're going to be blowing and going when they get back from spring break. Yeah. What, we're not that far. We're, what, less than a month away from the spring game already? Yeah, I think you're like 25 days or some 24 days. April 13th. Oh, and Ludacris coming to town for a Luda. concert. <laughs> Luda. Move. Yeah, you know what? I think it's uh, I, I think it's for the parents, honestly. I mean, the kids don't give a damn <laughs> I mean, about Luda. I, I know Luda. I got excited about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're a parent. I think it's for, like, old people and parents and kids. They're probably like, oh, I don't really care about that. Was that but, the guy that was at the All-Star game? Like, yeah, exactly. I saw he was, like, at the yeah, All-Star game. Oh, he's in the Fast and Furious movies. Know, that's probably yeah. how. That's honestly, if you're in if you're in college right now, that's probably how you know Ludacris. Uh, probably so. I didn't think about that. From the right. Fast and Furious yeah, movies, most notably, yeah, most recently, I should yeah. say, yeah, read about that. Yeah, I know it's cool. I think it's cool they're doing the the concerts now, man. And it, I like they're doing it with old kind of washed up rappers. I'm cool with that. <laughs> old washed up rappers are cooler than like you know old washed up you know. Well, like I think Oklahoma has like a country star that nobody even knows. Uh, Lee Bryce Lee is playing Bryce. the Oklahoma I think it's better than that. Game. Old Washer rapper is better than Lee Bryce. Better than Whoever Toby Keith, Bryce. who's always standing now, behind him. used to be Stoops had behind him JR from WWF and Toby Keith. And I was always like, Thank you, there's Oklahoma. You keep him. Toby Keith is an old washed up country singer. That was, yeah. yeah. He's probably, yeah. He's, he's always right he's behind Lincoln though. Riley. He's, he's bigger than Lee and Bryce. And about his worst of him. Why didn't they get him instead of Lee he's, Bryce? Because he's there, like, on the field watching the game. Like, he's like, <laughs> He's, like, he's their McConaughey. He's their minister of culture. <laughs> yes, Toby Keith is. Oh, I'd rather, I'd much rather have Matthew McConaughey yes. as our minister of culture than Toby Keith. Yes. Yeah. And so would, oddly, they. They would rather, the Sooners probably rather have Toby than McConaughey. Oh, so, to each his own. Yeah, right. Uh, well, you got McConaughey and you got Ludacris coming in off of the spring game. So, <laughs> oh, I don't know if McConaughey will be in town. McConaughey should go on the stage with Luda. That would be awesome. Yes. If they did, like, a song together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be awesome. I would like that. That would be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Not awesome, but interesting. Yes. Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in a podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049-1019 AM1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod each and every weekday on the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt, you can get this show anywhere you get your podcasts. Find us now on Megaphone with all the other podcasts in the 24-7 Sports Network. But you can always still get our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.